Hi folks, it's Des Phoebe here and welcome to another episode of The Franchise Entrepreneur. Um, today I'm going to try something I've not done before. I'm simultaneously um, recording this as a podcast but also as a video, which I've not done before. So multitasking uh, is not my forte, so it would probably go horribly wrong. But today's um, subject, or, or one of the things I want to talk to you about, is investors and the type of people who invest in franchising and why a certain group doesn't invest in franchising or doesn't seem to in any real scale. So I'm just going to turn on the video now. Um, so forgive me if I'm going to repeat myself a little bit here. Hi folks, um, there's Phoebe. I'm recording this as a podcast as well, which I'm recording at the moment. And I'm also recording it as a video. The subject I'm talking about today is particular investors who who don't seem to really in any large scale invest in franchising and why why the potential reasons are for that now i put out a post yesterday or a couple of days ago on uh, on linkedin and a few other um, groups that i'm attached to and asked these people why they probably wouldn't consider or haven't considered franchising in the past now these are groups that are entrepreneurial groups these are business groups. These are property owner groups. These are all people who would, would typically look to invest in, in businesses, look for returns, you know, are active in, the, in those kind of markets. But they don't go into franchising or very, very few of them do. And I was curious to see why that was. Now, I had some of my own um, feelings on why that might be the case. And one of the things I came up with was probably that it was high maintenance you know, that they would have to be heavily involved in the running of those businesses. And that would potentially put them off because if you've got a property investor, what they're looking for is quite a passive income or to a certain degree. So they buy the property, they might spend some money on doing it up and then they rent it out. It becomes relatively passive for them. And the perception is that franchising may be, it's too hands-on. They have to be involved in the business. And you have to remember a lot of franchisees or franchisors they insist on the the franchisee, the investor, working within the business, or at least for a period of time, and that's pretty standard. And that's that's kind of um, that's come about through mainly through historical reasons, really. You know, the fran when franchising came over from the states, it's pretty much their model that that most countries use. And when you think about it, it hasn't really changed much over the last fifty odd years, has it? we're still all using the same model. So I wanted to understand what the reasons were. And that's one of, one of the main reasons that's come back is that it's too hands-on, it's too, too management heavy, it's going to occupy too much of my time, I want it to be more passive. The other one that's um, become quite clear is that the expense of the franchise. You know, if you're investing in property, you can potentially, in parts of the UK, you can buy property for, you know, 50, 60,000 pounds and get maybe you know, six to 10% returns on it. Or at least I'm, I'm led to believe. I don't know an awful lot about property. If you invest it in shares, you know, you, you might expect sort of 10% returns, maybe even more during the course of a year. Maybe not at the moment. Pensions, you know, go up and down. They're, they're linked with, um, with what's going on in the stock market. Obviously, banks don't pay you anything, really. It's a waste of time and money putting it into a bank. So those are really your options at, at the moment, but why shouldn't franchising be one of them? And if the reason is, is that, well, it's, it's too much of a high entry point that 
if you go and say, say for instance, if you bought one of my franchises, um, our franchises don't start, our minimum is about 120 grand. So you might be thinking, well, if I invest in property, I might have been able to buy two or three of those and get 10% return on those. What are you offering, Des? If, if my answer is, well, I'm offering you spend 120 grand on it and you have to manage it and you have to work in it and the return is standard kind of returns are maybe between 15 and 20%, you go, too much hassle. I'm not interested. You, you might like the idea of franchising, but those factors will put you off. And it's been interesting. The feedback that I've had back has been pretty much support in that. There's been one or two other reasons as well, you know, about risk factor and things like that. Not understanding franchising has been a big one as well. Um, they don't know how it works, but if they had someone to explain it, then they would um, certainly be interested. And restaurants is, is very popular. You know, a lot of people want to own a restaurant or a pub. They like the idea. They don't like the idea of, of uh, working in it. So if you can take away some of those objections, then all of a sudden franchising becomes a real option for a lot of these people. All these people, hundreds of thousands of people who invest in property, stocks, shares, and all of a sudden you've now opened that world up to them. And if then maybe you can add something a bit extra into it. So if you can take away the issue of it's a too high investment. So how do you do that? Maybe you introduce something where which is maybe a cooperative franchise. Now, there's no point in looking that up because it doesn't exist at the moment, um, or at least it doesn't up till now. Now, I like to think of myself as quite a disruptor within within the industry, and I think I'm, I'm pretty well regarded within the industry, but a lot of people won't agree with necessarily my methods because I challenge them. You know, people say, well, why are you challenging a method within franchising that's clearly worked over the last 50 years? Because times are changing, that's why. Times have changed. People are looking for something different. You know, there's no point in just keep on offering the same thing. You know, it's quite clear that you've got a whole sector over to one side that were really interested in franchising, but you can't appeal to them because you've adopted what I call the old method of franchising. There are lots of different ways to franchise, but not many people use them. Not many people think of them. And cooperative franchising is something that I've come up with. No one else is doing this. And I haven't even launched this yet because I've been, you know, looking at the reasons why people are not, why the sector doesn't invest in franchising to any large extent. And this is one of the, the methods that I will get around some of their objections to it. Now, cooperative franchising, you know, again, you know, I'm giving you this, giving you it for nothing because I want you to succeed in franchising. I'm going to implement this very, very soon, amongst other methods as well. Now, what I mean by cooperative franchising is, is that you can get together one, two, three, four parties who will invest in a franchise. So they share the load of the franchise fee and they get then the benefit of the return on it. Now, you might say, well, that's a bit risky, isn't it? That you're now dealing with potentially four people on one franchise. is certainly a bit more involved in it. But I think the, the benefits outweigh the disadvantages. Bolt on to that, that you could potentially offer a guaranteed return. 
uh, how you guarantee this. And this isn't for the faint-hearted. You've got to be in a position to be able to guarantee that, by the way. So your core business has to be financially viable in order to guarantee a return on it. But let's just say for the sake of argument, you guarantee that we will offer you a, a franchise that you don't have to put the whole 120000 in. It could be that they even partner with yourself. So you may be a partner within that franchise. So let's just say, for instance, they only have to put 50000 in. But you also guarantee that they get maybe an 8% return each year. So what's that 8%? It's about four grand, something like that, I guess. So that 8% is compatible with and maybe better than what they would get from property. It's got to be something that's going to at least match their kind of returns from property. Otherwise, they're not going to be interested in doing it. You're a partner in it or you introduce a second franchise within that particular store. So it's 50-50. So they're sharing the load. You could also offer to manage that property for them or that business on their behalf. So it's completely hands-free. So basically, you've taken away all three objections. One, the capital outlay. Two, the risk of what kind of return can they expect from it? Well, you're guaranteeing them this return. Thirdly, the objection to having to manage it, it's it's too, too time-consuming. Well, you're offering to manage it on their behalf as well. So you've taken away a lot of their initial objections to doing the franchise. That's got to be now. You're, you're now in the realms of it becoming more attractive to them. Now it becomes a marketing tool as well. You know, you can start now potentially marketing this into financial organizations. You may even be able to talk to accountants and people like that because they're the ones that are obviously going to be talking to these clients. You can go into property forums and things like that because you know full well that those are the people who are looking for investments and are one, have the money because they've already shown that they're prepared to put it into property. But secondly, are also entrepreneurial in mind and spirit and are quite likely to be open-minded to other investments. So not only are these the reasons why potentially this group don't invest, I'm giving you ways in which you can potentially resolve their misgivings on, on investing. I'm certainly going to develop this as a product. And if I did it tomorrow, I would be the only person in the whole country, probably the whole, the only person in the whole of Europe, maybe even in the whole of America that would be doing it. Because, you know, franchising's got to move. It's got to move with the times. It's not just about the technology advancements or what, what's happening. It's about the offering. You know, there's a whole bunch of investors out there who are bankers, who are, you know, in professional careers, who are looking to invest money but they don't touch franchising because they feel it's too hands-on. So what do you do about that? You know, even if you don't think my solutions are the way forward, then you should be considering this because it's a whole market that we ignore as franchisors because we've been told that this is the method of franchising and you should stick to it. You know, you're still sticking to that, that method. You're still sticking to what works, but what you're doing is enhancing it. You're making it better for that specific sector. So, you know, again, you know, I hope, I hope this is, uh, you know, useful to you. I know it's quite a short podcast, this one, but I wanted to get this one out here pretty quickly because it's something that I'm going to be launching probably this week. And we have done it in, on a small scale previously. We've looked at doing this and have done it intermittently over, uh, wow, 
over the last probably five years. In fact, we've done a very successful one only probably six years ago, and we introduced some very high-end, high flyers, and I mean big, big, big time high flyers, as big as it gets, really. I can't tell you their names. I'd love to be able to tell you their names, but I'd have to get their permission. But they actually became full-on investors within the business as well. But they started off on the basis that they bought one of our franchises based upon us managing it on their behalf because these were very big high flyers. But yeah, so we implemented something, you know, a few years ago and got a really some really high net worth individuals, very, very high up in business. And of course, you know, they've got better things to do than to manage a portfolio of, of stores. They bought a number of our stores, not, not just one or two. But they're big investors. I mean, they put in close to a million quid and uh, and now are a shareholder within our business. So these investors are absolutely out there. And that gave me quite a bit of encouragement to implement this time round. I think the delay, I've just, I guess maybe, again, it's just probably got into a comfort zone that I didn't implement this probably um, fully a few years back. But now having had this time to reflect and and look at the options. This is definitely something I think could be really, really a game changer for franchising in general. If people jump onto this, you know, some of the established ones won't. You know, the subways and people like they just won't. They just won't move from the the normal standard models, um, because it just doesn't occur to them to do that. And a lot of them just can't be asked doing it. They don't see any reason to change something that's working for them. But for smaller brands, you've got to be more inventive. You've got to be more. Um, you know, entrepreneurial in in your um, offering and look to see if you can take something that is a good model and add to it and make it better and attract different kind of investment. So I yeah, hope this is uh, useful for all of you. Um, I think it's a game changer for franchising. I'm going to implement it. Yeah, maybe if it's not for you now, um, maybe just keep an eye on what we're doing. And I will keep on sharing it with you. I will share the ups and the downs to it, you know, the advantages and the disadvantages as we come a, come across them. And you can learn from that, our experiences, and then maybe look to implement it at some point in the future. So take care of yourself, stay safe, and tune in to the next one, the next Franchise Entrepreneur episode, which should be on Wednesday. So, yeah, give me your comments and let me know what you think. Please have a look at some of my other social media as well. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, find me on Instagram and Facebook, Des Phoebe. Um, you'll see different kind of content on there. But take a look, like it, join it. And yeah, just give me some feedback. And uh, thanks again for joining me. And I will talk to you again very, very soon.